The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Chavez here with Sean Fritz. This is your movie review podcast on the network. One of the many amazing podcasts found at BICBP-radio.com. Sean, you survive. You're surviving currently. I am still coronavirus free since 2019. As far as you know, as far as you know, because apparently like you can have this thing and not know it for like two weeks. I work from home, so I would have known if I have a dry cough. Or if I have... Oh, God, is the dry cough like the the thing that kicks it off? That's the thing that they're kicking people off of airplanes for Uh-oh. when they're fleeing Europe. So there's this dude I work with, and his girlfriend was just texting me. Not in that way. She was just texting me, but uh, saying that... Like during a movie? <laughs> yeah. You don't text during a movie. She was Bad the, movie etiquette. Uh, that he, was, he, he, he has a cough right now. And I said, listen, he's probably not going to be able to go to work. Uh, and I was just thinking to myself, I just was in the same... Like literally... The office was the size of a walk-in closet, maybe, and uh, just me and him talking on on Tuesday of last week. So, uh, no cough on my end yet, but now that can that concerns me because he's got this dry cough right now. Well, it's it's a dry cough. It's it's the dryness and that annoying tickle, but times ten in the back of your throat. Oh God, I have that all the time. Well, you have it for different reasons. <laughs> As you cough, is that microphone disinfected? Is Skype going to get us sick? (laughs) Oh, man. Could you imagine? Now, now, I was talking to Anthony about this. uh, As as a matter of fact, we kind of discussed a lot of coronavirus on the last episode. Chris and Anthony just can't stop found on the network. I can't Um, wait to hear his misnomers and and medical advice. You need to have a segment, (laughs) medical advice with Anthony Mullen. No, we cannot do that. (laughs) No way. No liabilities here, dude. No liabilities here. Uh, we were just talking about it, though, and if you think about this, uh, you know, it, w- whatever side you're sitting on, whether or not you're a side that says this is super serious and we should take, you know, everything we're doing is is right. Actually, we're not doing enough. We should close down. Every- if you're on that side, that's fine. Or if you're on the other side, that's just like everybody's overreacting. This is nonsense. Uh, whatever side you're on, the reality is is that um, life here in the states, uh, society, we're look, we're t- we're seriously now looking at a disruption in what we see as normal life for at least a month, right? I think it's it's honestly, from what I've heard, uh, a couple of other radio programs and and whatnot that I listen to, they will have a segment with a, a, a doctor that will call in periodically. It's not NPR. It's not that boring. <laughs> it's, you know, they actually have. Like strippers in the studio, and not like Howard Stern kind yeah. of strippers in the studio. Uh, but I'm Doctor So and So. This is NPR. <laughs> that that you would never hear that sentence come out of anybody in in WNBC or no, it's WNYC. Uh, but but no, this doctor said, and he's a very respected doctor out of Philadelphia. 
he said that we're going to experience a disruption between now and at least July. That's what I heard to, too. To some degree. That's what I heard too. And if 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 we don't start like doing what they say in terms of kind of distancing yourself and self-quarantining and kind of shutting things down and taking a break for a few weeks, it's I was just telling Anthony, it's literally just like telling the world, hey, let's all take a vacation all at the exact same time. Let's take a vacation for like three weeks. Everybody just do fucking nothing, right? Um, but it's uh, what I was seeing also is that is that the entertainment industry is kind of shutting down like like premieres are being postponed just so people can get photo ops and get out to see these movies um, actual production is, is shutting down tv shows aren't recording with studio audiences some of them aren't even doing their shows uh, movies aren't being made yet because everyone's doing this kind of self-quarantine thing for the next few weeks but like you said it could go on for months that being said it is interesting it is interesting that we are it seems to be we're going to be going into this kind of uh this realm that we're just not ready for because we're just not used to this. We don't know what to do. We've never really had this in recent history to kind of refer to. Um, but it's going to be interesting because like, where's the new content going to come from? Because to, to keep people entertained while they're self quarantined, you're not going to see new shows. You're not seeing any sporting events. You're not seeing any new movies. You could watch old stuff, but a lot of people like new things. Uh, so, so it's kind of good that we do podcasts, right? Cause this, it's almost like the people who are going to be able to put out new content are podcasters, radio people, or YouTubers. So here's the irony in, in the, the few things you said, there is an impending writer's strike. <laughs> perfect. Uh, which, I mean, can we just count this as time served? It's like the, it's like the perfect storm, right? Exactly. There's an impending writer's strike. I don't know the status of it. Uh, but yes, you, you know, if, if you need new content, YouTube, I know a guy on YouTube. Actually, I know a few. I do a podcast with one of them, Power Rangers in Cyberspace. On the network. On the Bicep Network. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so there's there's that. We do a video portion of our podcast. How about you, Chris? It's coming. Don't you worry, son. I remember you saying that like back issues episode six. Yeah, but this is gonna have twenty four hour feed that you can watch me sleep if you want. Sign me. Up. Oh, speaking of which, I can't wait till you are in my house, which sounds weird. Oh, but because I'm gonna hide a camera and I'm just gonna put the feed on. Oh, that's gonna be a sleep. That's gonna be amazing. I'll find the camera. Don't worry. You will. I mean, I'll probably. Just it's gonna be guess. on a tripod right in the middle of the room. <laughs> A big old 1980s style uh, camcorder. Yeah, the old JVC shoulder mount. You're like, don't pay attention to what's underneath this sheet. Wouldn't it be funny if the camera, that was a fake. It's a big old hole in the a, middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, it, so, the, yeah, there's there's a, a big breakdown in society right now. But, I mean, honestly, to me, I'm one of the people that's more cynical about it. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I believe you. We'll see what happens, but, yeah. Yeah, but here's the other thing. I'm so disconnected because for the last seven, maybe eight, probably seven years, I've worked from home. Now, I travel for work, but as of Wednesday, work put the moratorium on nobody's traveling. Yep. And they shut down our secondary office where we have seven or eight people that work out of. Everybody works from home. Our main office is, they called it jury duty. Like, do you need to come in the next day? We'll see. We'll call you tonight and let you know for tomorrow. And like they have just a hand, like they're doing finances coming in twice a week, two people, 
to, to sign checks if needed. It's like, wow, that's all right. And, but they're in New Jersey. So right in the epicenter where I was supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be next week, but they canceled all that. They're like, mm-hmm. no, nah, we're going to do our outing. Not now. Man, I don't know. It is. My place hasn't closed just yet, but I was a part of an email chain where the COO said something along the lines of having to be prepared for when people are all stay, when everybody's staying home. Uh, and, and I'm a big words matter person. And I, I noticed that she said when everyone has to stay home, not if everyone has to stay home. So uh-huh. uh, it's definitely coming. Um, they're, they're already trying to figure out how they're going to do, you know, uh, work around that. But it's, it's, it's definitely something that's super important, but I think it's awesome. I think it's also good that we're going to be able to do this. We can, we, because we don't, for you and I, we are not even in the same room when we record sometimes Johnny and I, when we do history creeps, we're not, uh, but a lot of the people on the network do a lot of different shows. Um, and, and we provide all this stuff and that's the beauty behind podcasting. We can do this and continue to provide some sort of content, something to get people through this time when they're kind of going stir crazy in the house. Um, so hopefully, you know, people kind of jump on and check out the web, the, the website, BICBP-radio.com. Um, I wanted to say that because we have a, a bunch of new shows that are starting. We just had a hockey, uh, a Sabres hockey show that just joined the network. There's a well, new they're show. they're not going to do much because hockey season is now canceled for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but you could still talk hockey, dude. You know what, you know how long oh, you can do an entire season of just nothing, nothing but the history of hockey and then the, oh, the yeah. history of each like franchise. Uh, but but that's the point. Like we have stuff that's out there for everyone. We have a new show that's going to be starting that I'm a, I'm going to be a part of. Look, I'm filling up my plate since I'm going to be staying home all the time now. But driving to the studio, exactly. I'll walk <laughs> to the studio with a gas mask on. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's it's it, there's a lot of new stuff out there, and we have stuff for people to listen to. Um, we also now have a 24 hour live stream. If you go to the website, uh, it's there. Or if you download the MixLR app and follow the network. You will find us, and it's basically a 24-hour stream of, of the network, all different episodes of podcasts just playing uh, at random. So at any time, you could pop it on and let it play for a while and listen to a few new podcasts and maybe discover something you never heard before. Or some of those old ones in the archives. Dude, I just found all back issues from back at episode number one. Nice. I know. I was looking at them. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to have a, th- a throwback at back issues day where it's just nothing but old back issues episodes. Can you put them on the website for in like an archive section? Yeah, like I'm thinking the, about I'm thinking about doing that and making it so that people can listen to them. I don't know if I'll make it downloadable, but at least people can listen to it. I'm not sure yet. You should probably also harass Johnny for the Into Oblivion. I've boot, got a bunch of those, but not all of them. I've got to ask Bobby. He's got them. Bobby's got ah, them. So, Bobby's uh, holding out. He'll give them to me, though. I'll, I'll just re- reach out to him. I'm sure he's got no problem sending them this way. It'll be kind of cool to put all that stuff in a vault area. Those were so goofy. They were. They that, were awesome, dude. You know, and and you know they they exercised the the silly rule of three, the Simpsons rule of threes and sevens with humor. Yeah. If something isn't funny the first two times, it's it gets to be absurd to the point where it's funny the third time, mm-hmm. and then it's not funny again until the seventh time because it's just that absurd. Yep. It's a it was a great show, dude. That's what that's how Johnny and I hooked up and did shows together was through that one. Uh, anyway, I digress. We're doing Silence Your Phones. Yes, that's right. We're not talking about the network. This podcast talks about movies. So Sean and I watch a movie every week. We get back together and start talking about what we watched. We discuss the actors, writing, soundtrack, special effects, our favorite scenes, things like that. Uh, so this week's movie, it kind of ties into this whole coronavirus thing. A few episodes back, we did Contagion. 
this one is almost kind of like what would happen if it went this route, right? If this can, if this this contagion uh, ends up mutating and, and becoming. Uh, it makes fantasy real. This idea, when I say fantasy, it's the idea of like the zombie apocalypse. Uh, the movie we did this week was Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet to a wonderful mom oh, oh. have you ever felt that you're turning into the of the world a zombie maybe you're not alone he said although no one official is prepared to comment religious groups are calling it judgment day it is vital that you stay in your homes avoid all physical contact with the assailants So, what's the plan? Oh! Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl Lizzie? <sighs> because I love her. All right, gay. Do something! Wait there. Uh, hold it there. I'm coming! So, Sean of the yes. Dead. <laughs> yes, Sean. Uh, did you see this when it was in a theater, or, or was this one that you saw afterwards? I saw this one after. Same. Um, Probably after it was well on DVD, and I'm like, all right, so there's well after I knew who Simon Pegg was because I didn't watch Spaced, and it was probably you know I probably because this is a an unrelated trilogy of part of an unrelated trilogy of films, mm-hmm. I didn't see this one until after I saw ah. the second Hot Fuzz, so I was like, all right, I know who, all right, oh so. Simon Pegg is playing a a serious guy in that movie, but in this one he's playing just honestly a colossal f up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one I actually saw right after it came out on home video. Uh so it was probably around 2005 or 2006 when I saw it. Um but yeah, and so this was my first introduction to Simon Pegg. Uh you know, it was my introduction to Edgar Wright, the director, his style of of directing and film. Um but I think for me it was I had heard that there was this zombie movie out and that was back when zombies were starting to pick up again and people were interested in in like that old school monsters and zombies now. Um, and well, so, and I, this was this was a, res- a, a response ish to that, but also yes. like a Shaun of the Dead is a play on Dawn of the Dead. Exactly. Which the George A. Romero remake came out honestly the same year. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, what is it? Uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact came out the same year. Yes, to put to put or, it in the same you know. frame. So if you if you're a film person and you remember when those films came out this was that kind of thing like the uh the dawn of the dead remake came out and then Shaun of the dead uh was kind of like the hey we can do it too but this is funny and kind of cool right um it also had that kind of i don't know it really attracted me because it, it is 
it's almost like an MTV style generation way of filming. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like with the quick cuts and like kind of cool music and the way it looked, it was, it was very, it, to me, it's very stylized. It is. And, you know, I referenced the, the, the three, you know, the, the trilogy, the un, un, uh, non-connected trilogy, the three flavor, what is it? The three flavors Cornetto trilogy, yep. which is every film has a, a main color motif. Mm-hmm. This one being red for obvious reasons. And did you notice in this film at the beginning, uh, when Simon says, says to, to Ed, does he want anything from the store? He says a, a Cornetto he wants, cause a Cornetto yeah. is a, is an ice cream, ice cream. A, a type yeah. of ice cream over there in England. So anyway, real quick, Shaun of the dead is a 2004 horror comedy film directed by Edgar Wright, who co-wrote it with Simon Pegg. The film stars Pegg and Nick Frost as mates, Sean and Ed Londoners who are caught up in an apocalyptic zombie uprising and attempt to take refuge in a local pub with their loved ones um that's off of wikipedia the good old wikipedia uh yeah like you were saying this is a part of the trilogy uh writer uh right and pegs trilogy three flavors cornetto um which we are going to do that we're just going to watch these for the for the show which is going to be awesome i love all three of these films actually um but let's get into it right away dude Shaun of the dead um immediately actors and and the acting got simon pegg can't go wrong with him great comedic actor great writer great writer um kate ashfield so she plays the the girlfriend liz yes um then we've got nick frost his best friend ed who's also in all the other movies with him um he's also in a, a few other movies on his own did you see him and he's in that movie fighting with your fighting with my family the movie with Paige from wwe he plays her dad I didn't see that movie in whole, but I did see the uh, old school wrestling review video podcast. Ah, okay. Uh, cut up and commentary of it, which is clever and silly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dylan William Moran, he's an Irish comedian. He's in this also. He's also in, in, in uh, a TV show called Black Books. If you if you're a fan of English television uh, shows, that that's a, a pretty famous show over there. Um, who else do they have? Oh, Penelope Wilton uh, uh, plays the mother. Uh, Bill Nye. Uh, William Francis Nye plays the the dad, the stepdad, not his real dad. My favorite though is Jessica Stevenson. She she plays Yvonne, the one who was in his, uh, with him on the show Space. Did you ever see that? You said you did see it, or you didn't see it? I have not seen Space, but you know, uh, an item of note is that a lot of these people that you mentioned, yes, have been in other, let's call them Simon Pegg vehicles, yes. Uh, I mean, there's uh, Lucy Davis. Did, I don't know if you said her, but she was a supporting yep. character. Uh, she's a supporting actress. Uh, she was in the off the British Office. Yep. So these people have and I mean, Bill Nye. You can't go wrong with that guy. No. I mean, he's he's great. But a lot of these people have worked together before, and they have a very similar sense of humor and how to convey that, not just for sillies on the set, but for goofballs like you and i to watch it in our home theater yeah they're great dude the entire cast i think is an amazing it's not a giant cast it's not all big name cast but again they are big names in english television and film uh, and even throughout some other films like um i don't even know how to say his last name it's peter serafinowitz serafinowitz something like that uh he is the voice for darth maul i didn't know if you knew that in, in phantom menace 
He played uh, Pete. He's the he's the roommate. The uh, the roommate with Ed and, and and Sean in their their flat. He plays Pete. He's also yeah, yeah he plays Garth and Saul in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, also in this film is a Mr. Bilbo Baggins. Martin Freeman's oh, in there. Did you I see saw him? him? Yeah, I saw him. He was the 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 boyfriend. Like, I, I <laughs> yeah. love that scene yeah. where they all. It's basically this their group. Yeah, and it's the exact same trope. The exact same pairing. Yeah. The reason I was say I was talking about uh, Jessica Stevenson is because the two of them, uh, she and Simon Pegg, were the main two characters in this TV show Spaced. I so I I came to Spaced after Hot Fuzz. I'd heard that there was a TV show, so I decided to check it out. Fell in love with it. It only had two seasons, uh, six episodes apiece. But it's it's basically if you like the style of of Edgar Wright's directing in in this movie. Those quick shots, those kind of, you know, cut to scenes, those fast swipes, the music, the kind of stylized way that he he does this. Um, that's exactly spaced every episode. And the idea is a Simon Pegg uh, on spaced is a guy who just broke up with his girlfriend who's looking for a new apartment. And um, Jessica Stevenson broke up with her boyfriend and is looking for a new apartment. And they kind of meet and figure out, hey, there's a perfect apartment for us, except the lady renting it says she's only doing it. To, for couples like they have to be a couple so they have to pretend they're a couple uh so you basically the the series is about these two 20 somethings trying to figure out their lives you know faking to be a couple and interacting with uh nick frost which is simon Pegg's best friend on the show and all these other kind of loony characters that live in the building it's actually a really entertaining and awesome show so the reason i loved it so much when these two when uh after having seen that show when I rewatch Shaun of the Dead and Jessica Stevenson shows up and they first see each other, remember when they're on the streets mm-hmm. right before yep. he has to go see his mom, there's like a car wreck that just happened because, you know, one, one of them's turning into a zombie in the background. They're like, oh, hey, how have you been? And it says, well, how long has it been? She says something what, like three years because it had been three years from when Spaced ended to when they did Shaun of the Dead. So they, it's almost kind of a reference to that. You know what I mean? So, dude, it's it, a just, wink to those uh, that are in the know. Yes, dude. Just seeing that again was just like, oh, that's really cool. I get it now. And and I just love every time I watch that because I've seen this film a million times now. But every time she shows up and every time I see that interaction or the scene you're talking about when they kind of show up with their own crew, but it's all kind of like a mirror like bizarro world version of each of those characters Mm -hmm. uh it's so awesome dude but this this cast uh top notch i felt like they all just nailed these characters so perfect i i I would agree wholeheartedly i mean there's it's a great cast it's almost like uh um, office space where we watch that with you know to echo those same sentiments the it's it's not quite a who's who but it's a and i know that guy or, or you know i mean simon Pegg has been a star trek fan forever he wrote the first two or the second and third Star Trek movies, the after the, the you know the reboots, uh, I mean he was in the Star Wars movies, uh, the the episode seven under he was the junk collector payout guy. Granted, he was under pounds of CG and which is not really weighted, oh, and as well um, pounds of makeup. So mm-hmm. you didn't know it was him, but he was there. I mean, like you said, Mar- Marvin uh, Martin Freeman, who's in at least two Marvel movies by now, mm-hmm. Nick Frost, who's got a TV uh, and uh, and movie career outside of Simon Pegg, so he's not just a. It's not a Matt Damon, Ben, uh, Affleck, ben Affleck, Affleck. Uh in the well, 90s it kind of is. It kind of is though, because they did split up and do their own things, right? It's kind of yeah, it's but they come cool. back together yeah. very frequently too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell that they're just they're buds. They're they're good friends that also happen to work together and have a similar mindset. I agree. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, in in any time you can get Bill Nye, not the science guy, <laughs> but you know the other guy. N-I-G-H-Y, uh, Nye. Yeah. I mean, anytime someone says Bill Nye, I know exactly who they're talking about because he is just, I mean, he's a staple of British theater, but he's also a giant goofball. And you don't really expect to see that many actors of his age get the joke. I think be he, in on the joke. youngsters would know him. I mean, he's he's kind of covered in CG, but he's uh Pirates. He played Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's oh, Chest. Really? I d- I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. He's also yeah. He was at, well. He's also on at World's End as well. He's also in under the Underworld series. I didn't know that. Plays a, a character named Victor. He was in. Uh, so I watched this with E, and she's like, "Oh, it's what's his name?" I was like, "Who's that?" She's like, "Remember when we when I made you watch Love Actually?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember." Oh, that. that's right. He plays the uh, the the musician, right? Yes, the, that's, the, the, yeah. He plays piano or some. He's like a pop star, an uh, aging pop star. In that. Yeah, he's the guy that gets naked on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's the that's the Bill Nye we're talking about. The guy getting naked on TV, not the science guy. Uh, but yeah. yeah, this cast dude uh, again, like I said, I, I, is perfect. It, it, and when you're not used to, when you go into a film where you don't know everyone and you're probably familiar with one or the other, uh, you hope that the all the people you're not familiar with are, are sell it. You know that, that that you don't you're not taken out of it because the acting is kind of subpar. But I felt like everyone from from Simon Pegg all the way down to the guy that owns the Winchester, you know, like they were all perfect for the way they they were their character. It, it was awesome. Let me let me ask you this real quick. So it's not a, a it's not a secret that Edgar Wright was initially working with doing uh, developing an Ant Man movie to kick off the Marvel, yeah, as we know it now, the MCU. How do you think that would have been if Edgar Wright did it instead of, you know, have it, it being reworked and and ending up the way it was with uh, and I can't remember his name Peyton somebody or other. Yeah, I think it just um, would have been it would have been the st- more stylized. You know what I mean? Like like again, if you look at this film, it's got a lot of real quick zoom in shots. And when I say that, like think to the beginning when there was that s- scene when he's making breakfast right after the one dude's just like you know the front door was left open again or whatever. So uh-huh. uh, they're in the roomies and they're quick making breakfast. You see you know, the toast pop up real quick. You see jam spread across it. You see the milk shoved into the fridge and it's a quick, and then, you know, right away you're to your scene. They're both in the kitchen, they're talking. And that just basically establishes all of this just happened. We, they prepared for breakfast, moved from the bathroom to here. And all of this just happened just like that. Snap, snap, snap. So, uh, I think we would have seen that with Ant-Man. We would have seen a lot of more transitional things happen with that kind of, you know, fast kind of a thing. I think the actions, the action shots probably would have been different. I think your comedy would have still been on point, especially with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd and Edgar Wright, I think, would have been amazing together. Well, and also think about the, I know this is a different movie, but think about the, the where they load all the guns in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it would have been probably no different than that. Exactly. So I mean, it would have been awesome. I, I think Wright's a great, great writer, great director. I love, I love his style. Uh, I've always ha- had a uh, an affinity to those stylized styles of of, of directing. Uh, Guy Ritchie's one of them. He does a lot of that kind of quick cut, smash thing, you know, smash transitions. And and I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I think it also is, at least at this time, you know, 2004 it really cuts down on the need for CG because you can work around, you can almost cut around mm-hmm. different things and, and make it look better because you're avoiding 
the need for that, oh, Ant-Man getting big, Ant-Man getting small, for example, or, you know, you just, you know, he's big, he's small, you know, all yep. of a sudden everything around him is big, which could be just a soundstage or some sort of backdrop. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, Shaun of the Dead, let's talk about the writing. Uh, so, written by Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg. I mean, it's a classic zombie story, but it's got kind of a twist, a slacker generation twist to it, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, he is a, a, a slacker. Uh, I don't even know what other, it's a good, good choice of, you know, a, a, like I said, a, a last minute kind of guy, uh-huh. you know, a, an oopsies. I don't know what, what the proper term is, but yeah. He's, he's just a slacker. He's, he's a he's a I mean, he's he's of the generation that just came out of the 90s where, you know, now he's in his he's he's in his late 20s going into his 30s going shouldn't have had this figured out by now. Right. Like we've all been to that age at some point. Um, I like to say that that this movie came at a perfect time for a lot of us at the age we're at because we had this not that we had the fantasy, but tell me you didn't sit around with your friends going, how would we survive a zombie apocalypse right like like this is things that you talk about with your friends so when there's a movie that comes out that shows you a mirror and says see this guy that's you the guy that hates his job who you know kind of goes day to day doing the same thing maybe you have the girlfriend and the friends and you go to the same pub and uh there's this kind of when i say the slacker feel to it is that he's not aware of what's happening at the beginning of the film when you see all this stuff happening behind him he's just kind of so consumed in his life and not so invested in his life that he doesn't even realize the world's going to hell around him. Well, and that's part of the charm too, is that when, when him and Ed are in the garden, they just look at that girl who's just kind of leaning (laughs) a little off kilter and they realize that she's so drunk until she gets pushed back onto the, 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 the umbrella post and gets up and then they just decide to go inside. Yeah, and hide and watch the TV. It's be- and it's beautifully written too. We get the introduction at the beginning of the characters. It's a great way to kind of set the stage for these are what these characters are like and the stage and w- where they are in their lives at that moment. All in that opening conversation at the pub between Simon Pegg and his girlfriend, with Ed sitting on the side, you know, cursing at the at the arcade machine, with her friend sitting off to the side listening to this uncomfortable conversation. Immediately you get a feel for it. And that's what I loved about the writing is like it brought you in and you knew these people right away. You were comfortable. You weren't like, what's happening with this? And then the it's the story, it's clear. Like you see two stories happening at one time. You see him dealing with his girlfriend saying that she needs change. Maybe she's going to break up with him. He's got to try to impress her. He's also got to deal with his mom and his stepdad and working in this kind of life. Also, in the background, hazmat suits. You know, military vehicles going by, crazy guys grabbing pigeons and trying to bite their heads off. Yeah, and then not being there the second the bus comes back around. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, then you, uh, my, I love how he has his his little route. He walks to that little corner store, goes in, grabs what he wants, walks out. He does it so much that he just looks at the ground now. He's not even aware the next morning when he wakes up. And is walking and, and the same exact path where there's like a hole in a windshield. You know, there's dead body, dead zombies that are shuffling towards him. There's this mad chaos, blood all over the place. You know, he barely notices it. Um, and I feel like that's so awesome in the writing. The way that it was written is it, it brought us into this these two worlds where this he's living in a reverie and, you know, kind of consumed with what's happening with him. Also, 
mass chaos and now it all converged to and, and the, it's seamless the way the writing happens where now he's he has to face it it's a reality and that's where the fun begins right and you could see it in their eyes he and ed when they realize oh like this is legit zombies and this is legit like we can kill them like we do in video games let's do it right well and, and the whole i mean you know when they're talking and, and ed's playing whatever halo or call of duty game or or medal of honor game that he's playing at the time you know, there's, he's, they're in the middle of talking and having a conversation. And he says, oh, top left, reload, bottom right. You know, he's basically yeah. giving them directions, which yeah. they do play around with later in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like their life is essentially a video game. And if they avoid whatever's happening, you know, and only focus on them and their other NPCs, if you will, you yeah. know, Liz and Di and, and David and, and Pete sometimes, then, you know, then they'll be fine. Yeah, but, but to speak to your talking to uh, him walking to the the shop, you know the first time he goes Nelson's late and then Nelson scares <laughs> yeah. the shit when he opens his mouth, uh, but then the second time he calls for Nelson, and eventually Nelson. It took me until this viewing, which I've seen this movie before. It took me until this viewing to see Nelson come like staggering the out the back. <laughs> but yeah. when he goes and he looks at the Coke and the Diet Coke, the the blood handprints that are on the door, he doesn't even notice them. Yeah. And do you notice he slips also, which I, we're, we're to assume yeah. is a pile of like a puddle of blood. But he's really also looking it. down at the can. Yeah. You would think that, I mean, unless it was because it was a, was it a can of Coke or Diet Coke that second well, time? Well, please, let's, let's also point this out, okay? The world's going to hell around him. He's grabbing Coke. He looks at the calories, puts it back, grabs the Diet Coke, looks at the calories, and decides he's going for lower calories. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, dude. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, I think the writing is great. Again, the humor is perfectly timed in this, but it's also timed like the. It's funny because you laugh at things that in the movie is supposed to be kind of traumatic for them at points, right? Like there's points where like he's kind of breaking down, thinking that his stepdad's dead, and then he's not, and you're laughing at this, but like it sucks for him, you know. But then there are points when it, it's. I don't know if you felt this way, but at the towards the very end when his mom had gotten bitten and then like his girl, his ex-girlfriend's looking at him. She's just like, I don't even know what it is you're dealing with right now. It gets a little heavy there for just a second. It almost feels like you could get a lump in your throat, except then Ed's over here getting, you know, bitten up by something. And it just, it just go goes to it go, all goes to hell. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was flawless and seamless just in reality one day to the next day, is this the new reality? Yeah. But at the same time, everything looks and feels very similar, mm -hmm. you know, but, but was just small nuanceical differences. Yeah. I loved it, dude. I, I think the writing on this is actually uh, is spot on, uh, even the way they end it. Cause a lot of people may look at that and say, Oh, that's, that's an easy way to end it. It ends well for me, even, even the way it ends. The movie, the whole thing, the whole thing, because a lot of times people will say, oh, well, isn't that convenient? That's kind of a lazy way to finish the, the you know, writing this, this movie, but it works for me. I mean, I don't know that I'd been happy if it worked any other way. Well, and, and even funnier is, you know, at the end where they have, they, they echoed this at the beginning as well, you know, with the cutting to, to different channels and those different channels, if you string that whole sentence together, it becomes a, uh, an Austin Powers two ending. <laughs> you know where it's you know where it's like the different the one you know look at that giant balls yeah get your balls here yeah. at ba dave's balls emporium and, <laughs> yeah yeah and you can take these balls and put them in your mouth you know, for what, your whatever you know three minutes you know. and spit <laughs> exactly and and but they did the same thing you know at the beginning where it was like i i 
it was just noise the first, well, this time i really analyzed it to see what they were actually saying oh and it literally on. spells out what's happening <laughs> yeah but it's like and and the you'll have to wait i can't remember exactly what it was but it it goes from from the news of there's massive terror and hysteria going out and people are and then it cuts to eating and like a like a like a cook show eating this dish it's made of delicious and then it cuts to a nature channel and says guts lots of guts in this in this animal yeah and they're gonna try to get it all out yeah yeah it's amazing and and it, it was it was quite funny to do that at the beginning and then at the end they sort of echo it instead of spelling it out they pull back where they tell you what the cause was yeah like and the general call and and it's been determined that the general cause has been and then they turn the TV off and then they like so what's the plan for the day <laughs> it's so good dude that's that's what I'm saying I think overall the entire film uh, is great it's it, it's written very very well and these guys proved that they were a good team writing because to me the next two movies in this trilogy are, are also as good i don't know that they reached this status yet i'm gonna have to go back and watch. i didn't i haven't watched these other two as much as i've seen Shaun of the dead uh but but we will see um let's get into the other piece because i've always thought about this and i've seen where writers uh when they write films uh sometimes in their mind they have a specific soundtrack in mind so that they were literally right in the actual script itself such and such plays now uh, and this film seemed to have certain times where that was just perfect so i'm wondering if if the two guys when they wrote it wrote in there you know play at this time uh, so let's go ahead and talk about the soundtrack and score uh, i think right away the first thing that comes to mind when i hear soundtrack for Shaun of the dead is queen don't stop me now uh, and that scene was great too, the way they were hitting him with, in the beat. <laughs> it is the be- it is one of the best parts of the movie. The camera starts tracking in a circle as they as they're hitting him in time, back and forth, going to the music. Music's kicking on in the background, and I love how he's like, "Who put that on?" He's like, "It's on random." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, dude. But this, I was I was paying attention more as I watched this, and I realized there are a few songs here and there. There's like a something off of that electro album. That's a legit thing. Um, yeah. you know, and then there's a couple of queen songs that, and there's, I feel like there's another song somewhere in there. Um, but o- overall, even the score, like the, be- the sounds in the background, um, you know, it's not really orchestral, it's more, um, kind of a- ambient, you know what I mean? Well, Wikipedia says that the music from the motion picture soundtrack covers a few different genres, uh, rock, alternative rock, hip hop, electro, and don't tell Anthony, ska. Oh Lord, I didn't hear no ska in there. Well, oh, I think but Electro, voices... bro. Uh, remember when they're on the bus? Craftwork, uh, Kern Craft Four Hundred. Oh, yes, by Zombie I Nation. I do love Craftwork. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and just speaking to that, and and maybe this is more writing, but every time you see people in clusters, oh. I mean, you, you know, in groups, oh. it's just everyone is just so robotic and just yeah. beaten down and worn down. Yep. And, even that opening sequence where you see all those people kind of dancing in the in the in the alleyway, well, not even dancing, just kind of shuffling to the music. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, dude, this was a for me. I thought it was a great soundtrack. All the songs that played at certain specific points in the film, they complement the film uh, or that spot in the film even more. Like we talked about the Queen spot, that was perfect mm-hmm. in the in the bus when everybody's zombie looking. You know, you, we hear Zombie Nation's Current Craft Four Hundred. Um, even when Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are singing White Lines, like it's perfect <laughs> the way they sing it at that point. You know, they're drunk, they're having a good time. Then all of a sudden, the zombie kind of zombie. kicks in as well. Uh-huh. Um, the Smiths. It's like he's supposed to say freeze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, dude, it's so good. I I loved it. But there is also like if you listen to that the music, there's certain points where it's just kind of about building tension or making it creepy, and it's mm-hmm. perfect. Like he, uh, the whoever did the sound for this is, is spot on as well because it all fits so so good. There's nothing in there that's just like distracting or, or that brings you you know brings you out of it or just doesn't feel right there's times when i've seen movies where i'm like Oof, what is playing in the background right now it's annoying you know what i mean oh well yes and you know even to that point there's this thing to be said for no soundtrack as well mm-hmm. specifically uh devil with m night Shyamalan. oh I think yeah. the first half of the movie has no tension music because the tension is that everyone in the elevator has been on the elevator since the beginning of the movie, and one of them is supposed to be this evil being, and the lights come and go. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a good I movie, mean, too. We'll have to cover that at some point. We watched, he and I watched, I got her into watching The Flash, and and uh, so we've been watching it, and there's a scene where they cut out all sound when someone on the screen is screaming. Oh yeah, okay. That's and, a that's and, a that's a trope a lot of uh, of directors like to go to. Usually, when bombs go off, everything gets silent for a while. Then there's that high pitched kind of. Yeah, that that, I mean? that that um, yeah, I I can't hear anymore. The ringing, so, ringing in your yes. ear sound. But it was just like they actually the scream started and then it decrescendoed to silence, and mm. it was it was done really well. They didn't do that thing where the where the the they put a sepia filter on it or anything because that's way too tropey, and cost probably too much for TV. But you know, just just in in the sound, the sound design, the sound quality, and and as well the soundtrack is 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 great in this one. Yeah. And, and if but there is something to be said about doing trendy things with with soundtracks. I'm just going to put this out there. Probably 2012, 2011 to 2013-ish, when TV shows at their last scene where it was like, all right, we saved the day, we beat the monster of the week or whatever it is, and they come back from commercial and they have some montage that happens yeah, and some indie rock band that they found on Bandcamp. Yeah. And and then they like they they pitch that down and then they start talking about well what's happens next. Do, 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 do. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I know what you mean though. I know exactly but it's what that you mean. Yeah, indie folk bullshit that yeah. I can't stand. I hated that trend, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that didn't feel like that happened in this film at all. This film exactly. felt perfect with with their soundtrack, and score. and it wasn't too loud either. Yeah, thankfully. no, no, exactly. Um, oh, let's get into the special effects. I mean, zomb- zombie effects, right? Uh, some blood splatter here or there. You know, when he pulled the dart out of his head. Was a <laughs> that was <little> awesome. <laughs> um, How about when they were tearing, what's his name apart? The, uh, that was practical. Bag, that was a practical effect. Yeah. And it was the same effect that was done in Iron Man David. 1. Yeah. 
It was the same as Iron Man 1. It was a fake body. Oh, so good, though, how it looks so good. You, because, again, yep. when it's CG, you can start to see it. It starts to... Mm-hmm. Be, it starts to get annoying, and this this had CG in it. There were parts of, like with the mm-hmm. when the girls had that pull through her 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 center, and she stands up, and you see Simon Pegg through the hole, the camera angle, um, mm-hmm. which is a little flashback to. Do you remember that movie Death Becomes Her with Goldie Hawn and mm-hmm. and what's yeah. her name? Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a and scene. Bruce Willis. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so th- th- when you see that stuff, you you'll need CG for certain things. Sure, uh, actually, you could have just done that with a buy. Who knows? Was that CG? It could have been practical as well, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, they, there are there are actors that if if in a movie a script calls for someone losing an arm, they'll use someone who was either an amputee or born without an arm. I was so going to say, this, you, you, I thought maybe you were gonna... she was just. Maybe she was just born without a body. I thought you were going to say, you know, there's some actors who kind of go all the way, and if they they need a hole punched in them, they get a hole punched in them. Um, but no, when they when they tear that body apart, dude, the practice when David gets ripped apart, it's so like it's so horrific, but it's so awesome looking when they they're pulling the like the innards out and the intestines and stretching them, man. Ugh, crazy. It, and you can, I mean, you can definitely tell if it is CG versus if it's yeah. practical. Uh, now in 2004, especially because if the hands don't meet match where they're tearing, yeah. and this is a six million dollar movie. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the budget is six point one million. Yeah. But you know the way his head was tilted down, you can almost tell that it was. Goodness, phone, calm down. You can almost. T- I, I silenced. I did not turn vibrate off on my phone. <laughs> You could tell that the you know his head is tilted like he's standing up, which mm-hmm. is what he's doing, and and the he's holding the body up in front of him or somebody is or it's on like a gurney or something mm-hmm. a hand truck and it's just being ripped apart oh, because it's, so it's designed to do that yeah so good uh, and and throughout the scenes the zombie makeup looks great how about the the one scene when they come out of the pub they're they're you know they're they're drunk and they're singing white lines in the background the the couple that was oh, yeah. making out they like they turn away from her and the head just kind of falls, falls back off. oh that looks so <laughs> awesome dude it's not even close up but the way it looks and just that kind of shocking like you weren't expecting it when you see it for the first time uh, and, and you, it might even be there for you might not notice it the first Three or four times <laughs> yeah. you see the movie because they're just subtle things in the background for people that are paying attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've gone back and seen this a couple of times and caught things that I didn't catch before. Um, so it's it's really like I said, you know, it was only on a more recent viewing where I caught the whole thing where they talked about it being three years since they saw each other. But, yeah, for me, the special effects on here, they didn't look cheesy. It didn't because you can do zombie movies and it still looked cheesy. It still looked like, oh, God, you can tell that's like, you know raw chicken or whatever it is but this looked really good i thought i thought they did a great job with the zombie makeup oh absolutely and and they weren't too far gone i mean everybody had like those you know partially whitened contacts or whatever yeah it's easy to do cg on that but there's a lot of facial tracking and a lot of bs that six million isn't going to buy you yeah it's true 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 um so overall, man, cool movie. What was some of your favorite scenes or quotes in this film? Uh, well, I definitely love the uh, the queen, you know, hitting yeah. uh, hitting the, the whole lore about John as well. John behind the bar, you know, <laughs> the Winchester. and the, yeah, and and when we we never did mention this, but you know, Simon, Peg, Sean, you know, and and Ed, well, when Simon <laughs> when, when they when they when they're going to leave, and Simon goes upstairs, uses the restroom. And he pushes the mirror closed after he washes his hands. He sees that shadow in the shower. Yeah. But he does it the first 
he does that initially in the beginning of the movie as well when Pete is standing there yeah. talking about having to go to work, which is a George, uh, Romero did that, but Kane perfected it from, you know, Kane the wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> way to keep nice. up there, Chris. Yeah. But, you know, just all the references and callbacks and stuff, that's great. The bathroom, you know, you got red on you. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good, too. The that's a cool. Noel, yeah. Seeing seeing everybody that is just a prick to Sean at the beginning of the movie. Hello, like Noel, the little kid. mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that little uh, dick, you, dude. Yeah, you see him at, at the end. He's a zombie who is pushing, <laughs> returning shopping carts back to the carousel. <laughs> I you love know, when they're going uh, through the records and they're calling out which records. He's like, no, <laughs> no. He's like, that's a first pressing. He's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> throws that Batman shit. Batman soundtrack. Throw, throw it. it. <laughs> Purple Rain. No. <laughs> yeah. That's good, dude. This movie is just so full of, uh, oh, how about when he has to, he, he does his list over and over, or his plan over and over. He's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, run home, grab this, do that, grab mom, kill, kill whatever his name. Philip. Philip. Grab that Liz, head to the Winchester. Wait for it to all blow over. That's basically the yeah, memes but, that we're seeing right now with coronavirus. With the coffee cup that looks like it's straight off the set of Conan O'Brien. Yep, exactly. Dude, it's such a – this film, I mean, we can go from the beginning to the end and say all of these scenes are so awesome because it's it's just done so well. And I feel like the story is done so well. So saying oh, that uh, – sw- You know what? The um, When he goes to look over the fence and he has to climb the stair the, – the, the, the little kid slide step, the steps on the back of the slide. <laughs> yeah. And he's just climbing up on that. He's like, that that was funny. There's too. so much in this film that's so good, dude. Um, so let's get into it. The rating on this film. What what did you rate Shaun of the Dead? And we're, we're rating them by Winchester Rifles. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen this movie enough to know where all the funny parts are. So when I'm watching it for the – I don't know how many, probably the 20th time, and E is watching it for the first time. I'm looking over at her to see what her reaction is. Surprisingly, it was a lot more favorable than I expected it to be. And uh, because we do have a an interesting dynamic in our relationship, but uh, at the same time, she is, um, I will say certain phrases that are commonplace, and I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But she will have never heard that. I'm like, uh, what? How? What? You lived in Chicago for 17 years. How did you never hear any of these? <laughs> but uh, no, she found it very favorable. Uh, I do too. Uh, it's a great movie. Again, I've seen it so many times. But every time I watch it, I feel like I see something new, and that creates longevity and rewatchability in the movie. Uh, I was originally thinking four because I've seen the movie so many times. But I have to look at it with you know, all perspectives. Uh, and then I, for comedic purposes, I bumped it up to 4.05. <laughs> so, but I'm going to have to go with something a little bit higher than that. I'm going to have to say it's based on everything we've talked about and all the sillies. I haven't really heard any of us heard any negative things about the movie come out. Um, so I, I'm actually gonna have to bump it up a little higher. I'm going to have to give it four and a half pumps out of five on the Winchester rifle. Or, nice four and a half out of five Winchester rifles. Very nice. Um, I agree with everything you said about the film. Honestly, this, to me, this is one of those films where when I watched it again uh, for this, it was with, you know, again, removing nostalgia and remove, because I did that with, with, with our last film, never ending story. And unfortunately, Oof. 
you know, I'm not kidding, dude. If if I had not watched it again and I had just get done that review based on nostalgia, that movie would have had a much higher rating than I gave it. But because I watched it and I, I tried to watch it a little bit more, uh, I removed myself from that. And I try to watch it as, as if it may be my first time. And it's hard to do when you do know the beats and you know exactly what's coming so that you're enjoying the ride. It's like it's like that ride at, at Disney World that you love to go on every time you go. So when you do, you, you go on the ride and you have a good time even though you've done it all the time. You know where the turns are. You know where the dips are. You know the ride. That's what this was. The thing is, is there's still those moments, like you said, where on the same ride, you're going to notice something you didn't notice before. And, and that adds to just this kind of longevity, this kind of wanting to watch it again and enjoy it and get a little bit more out of it each time. Um, for me, because I, again, I can't find anything wrong in the writing. I can't, I felt like it was written very well. Everyone had their voice was perfect. You know what I mean? I felt like they were literally their own characters. Nobody felt vanilla or background. Everyone was, was so good in this film. Um, the, the the actual writing or the actual directing of the film, the way it looked was great. Soundtrack on point, special effects for what they were working with. Amazing. Um, and the fact that, you know, you can for me, you can start the film, hit play, go all the way to the very end. And it's easy to say almost every single scene and interchange in that film could be marked as a, a, a memorable or favorite scene. So because of that, dude, this is getting for me five winchester rifles out of five. Oh, full five long stock rifles yes That's sir so i could long be, barreled i think we mm. we're we're uh it's it's suffice to say that this is definitely on the dvd collect the silence your phone dvd collection on the show i can't disagree with you at all mine too heck yeah so um to continue the trilogy what are we watching next week next week i think it's just smart to go in order i think we'll watch the crime Procedural, the police movie about paperwork, Hot Fuzz. 27. Have you ever seen Point Break? No. Amazing bit in Point Break where they jump over fences. Is that not? 29. That is Swayze's just robbed this bank. Keanu Reeves is chasing him through people's gardens. And he goes to shoot Swayze, but he can't because he loves him so much and he's firing his gun up in the air. He's like, oh. Have you ever fired your gun up in the air and gone, ah? No, I have not ever fired my gun up in the air and gone, ah. Theory. Sorry, um, I just, I just feel like I'm missing out sometimes. I want to do what you do. You do do what I do. Why on earth do you think you're missing out on? Gunfights, car chases, proper action and shit. Police work is not about proper action or shit. Twenty-nine. If you'd have paid attention to me in school, you'd understand that it's not all about gunfights and car chases. I love, isn't it? And that, that that's the, he's like, uh, you're moving me here to something about the geese, right? Like, there's all he has to do is watch geese, or there's some some joke with the geese. I got to watch this again. I can't wait to watch it. P N Ian Staker, piss taker. You're kidding me. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, I can't wait to watch this again. Oh man. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. For Sean Fritz, I'm Chris Chavez. We are out of here. It is once again safe for you to unsilence your phones.